This is a landmark day. I am a proud papa today. You betcha. We now own, we now, see, let, check, check, check out around here. We now own the entire office building. Yeah. Isn't that odd? Oh, by the way, I wanted, I wanted to mention to you, uh, I appreciate your effort, but uh, why, why, why did the cake say, happy birthday, Marty? It was on sale. Of course it was. All right. Should have said happy birthday, Kevin, but uh, the cake was on sale. What can I say? We're a low budget uh, operation. We'll get to that uh, later. Hey, welcome on this beautiful day. Man, we've had some fabulous weather in Niagara, haven't we? This is season two, episode 24 already of the Niagara 411 Live with Lee Sterry, that would be me. Powered by WeStream, that would be Kevin behind the camera that's trying not to fall as he watched backwards. Uh, as well as uh, fueled by Gales Gaspars Limited, and we're happy to have them on board as we are with uh, Niagara Performance uh, or Performance Heating and Air. We have uh, Enwick, Niagara's high speed internet provider, as well as Verge Insurance. And we are heading in right now to Fiddler's Poorhouse, once again, who are allowing us to inhabit their beautiful sun-splashed window on St. Paul Street. And uh, come on in, and we'll get this shindig underway. Happy to have you along for the ride today. Also, again, appreciation is uh, due noting to uh, all of you that contribute to Niagara 411's Facebook page. And Nick, as always, great to partner with you, and we'll uh, give you an idea about what's coming up in the program right after this. Cheers. How you doing? Just getting myself plugged in here and uh, wired for sound, literally. And again, welcome to this absolutely spectacular day in Niagara. And uh, you may be watching because you get kicked off Sunset Beach. I don't know. <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about that uh, a little bit later. But uh, first of all, uh, I do want to, uh, and, and you'll see on the right hand side of your screen, Mayor Walter Sensick and the head of the LGBTQ community uh, organization here in Niagara at uh, St. Catherine's Crosswalk. That was, as you'll see uh, right there, uh, Mayor Sensick says, I'm disheartened to be writing this update, but here we are. Sometime over the last few days, the brand new Pride Crosswalk downtown was intentionally defaced. While I want to believe in the best of people, this kind of act is the way we have, is why we have Pride Month and why we have to continually support the Pride community to be seen, visible, and supported. Um, always a shame when, when the good works and fine efforts of people, for whatever reason, irrespective of, uh, of whether it's Pride or anything else, people have um, causes and, uh, and, and, and righteous initiatives for the lack of, uh, of a better word. And whether you are part of that group or not, whether you support that or not, I think respect is, is somehow the most important thing here. 
respect other people's opinions and positions, um, although you may not agree with them. Isn't that what this is all about? Isn't that what this inclusivity is all about? And that is a picture that uh, our executive producer and uh, co-founder of uh, WeStream, Kevin Jack, took this morning of the defacement, well, just one, one section of the defacement of the Pride Crosswalk, which, which is actually just, uh, just down the street from us here on St. Paul Street. And um, Kevin just went down and, uh, and, and snapped that. There's Kevin's silhouette against some what is very, very obviously tire tracks. And those other ones you were looking at, Kevin, we were talking about it looked like, uh, like a motorcycle track. Uh, tire, uh, a tire track of, of some sort. Oh, there's Scooter Duder. Wow, somebody, uh, somebody likes their music loud. That same guy rolls by every week at the same time. I, th I think so. I think he's just trying to trying to get some uh, get some street cred there. Yeah, at least he's on schedule. Yeah. So yeah. Lee, what you can't see in this photo is the third degree of it all, and you can kind of make it out that like whoever did this. Uh, burnt it to the point that it's it's down about I'd say a quarter to half an inch into the asphalt. So it actually dug down into it the dug asphalt. Down in, and my guess is that's a motorcycle tire, yeah, and also the way it, the way that it appeared to exit. That yeah. skid exit is consistent, and then the width of the tire, as opposed yeah. to these, which are obviously car tires. Yeah. All right, uh, Kevin. Before we go, uh, and so whoever you are, shame on you. Just shame on you and it doesn't matter whether it's pride like, like I said or, or anything else I don't care whether it's pride or cancer or rheumatism or hard of hearing or blindness I don't care what the cause is respect to other people just shame on you shame 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 on you Kevin uh, yes, I know I know the cake said happy birthday Marty and I, I apologize for that but my assistant uh, saw something on sale and uh, you know some people are uh, some people are slaves to bargains uh, what can I tell you? But uh, I have a little. So can you make your way over here for just a just well, a you second? You got something? Yeah, I got something. Oh gosh, yeah. All right, yeah. Here, hold on. All right, it'll only take a second. People won't mind. All right. All right. Oh yeah! Wow. Happy birthday. All right. Nothing special in there. You're not going to get. You're not going to get rich. Wow. Well, thank you, Lee. You're welcome, my friend. A lot. I appreciate that. You're welcome. All right. Um, so Am I I'd open it now? Like you can open it now. Yeah. There's snakes the, gonna. Oh no! There's no surprise. There's no. There's no bad karma. There's no good karma in it uh, at, at all either. I mean, I'm on a budget too, you know. So, but I, oh. you know, I hope you enjoy Marty's cake. Is all. Oh, yeah. that's beautiful. Is that your puppers there? Uh, I had one that looked like that. Yeah. Back in, uh, he's no longer with us. Uh, we had him in uh, in British Columbia, and uh, judging by his face, you might guess that his name was Brutus. Uh, here you go. Whole foods are best. I recommend a whole pizza followed by a whole cake. Happy birthday, and have a whole lot of fun working with you from Lee. Thank you very much, Lee. You are welcome, That's my friend. It's the first card I've received of the day, although I have a feeling my kids have been working feverishly. Our daughter loves arts and crafts, so I'll probably have okay, something here's, oversized here. and bedazzled. <laughs> here's what I was thinking about on the way in. Now, uh, way back uh, in, in the caveman days, when I was a kid in school, we used to make cards for our parents on Mother's Day and Father's Day. And when I became a parent, my little kids, when they were in school at that age, also made 
cards for us. The teachers had them doing their crafts and trying to think of something nice to say about their parents. Uh, here's my question for you, uh, oh father of uh, elementary school-aged children. With this homeschooling thing and all the COVID and whatnot, are you in charge of your kids making their own Father's Day cards? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I actually had to leave the room the other day. I'm like, I don't think this is what I'm supposed to be doing. It's, <laughs> it's supposed to be a surprise, Alex. <laughs> but absolutely, you know, they, they do it every year, whether it's uh, Easter, Valentine's Day, Mother's Day, Father's Day. It's part of the school curriculum. Okay, let's make Daddy a card or a yeah. gift or what I have love you. you. How do you say I love you, Daddy, now I'm on a PlayStation? Like, you know. <laughs> That's good. Anyway, uh, happy Father's Day to you as well. This is like a double whammy weekend for you. It is. And growing up, you know, my birthday always coincided with Father's Day for my dad. And now it coincides with me having Father's Day. And a yeah. good thing, uh, my mom and my dad are actually coming down on Father's Day. So that's going to be great. We'll be celebrating oh, my birthday. Great. I'll yeah. get to be with my father. We'll have three generations of Jack boys all together on Father's Day. So uh, that's that, sound, that sounds like some sort of uh, mafia movie, organized crime in Tennessee movie, The Jack and, Boys. And uh, I know we got other stuff to talk about, but yeah. uh, what about I, you? I know. What about you on your uh, on your Father's Day? You know, well, your my, father yourself, but I know it's spread across. Yeah, yeah, my sons, my sons are both out in British Columbia. Uh, my wife and I are going out for the birth of our third grandchild uh, in uh, early July. So we'll have a chance to uh, to hook up then. Everything, when you're distanced from one another, and I don't mean COVIDly distanced, I mean geographically distant, uh, dates take on less meaning. You just, uh, dates become flexible uh, with occasions and you celebrate things when you can. So I know I'll get a call and a hi and how are you and whatnot, and uh, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll do the knuckle bump <laughs> when uh, when we get out to uh, out to British Columbia, uh, and yes, we do have other, uh, other things to talk about. Uh, I, I quickly want to pass on uh, a thank you to you that are watching the program right now from Nancy Denbeck, sales representative of Bold Realty, who we had on the program last week, and uh, she wanted to encourage people to come out to the food drive, the North End Church Food Bank. Uh, food drive that took place this past Saturday and I drove there by myself and it looked like it was pretty active and uh, Nancy got back to me on Monday or Tuesday and wanted to thank everybody for participating so that's what I'm doing right now they managed to land about uh, well 1650 pounds of food and almost $600 in cash and for a drive like this uh, at this time of year at this time in our society's evolution that's that's awesome and she was just so thrilled that uh, that it was supported like it was so um, I wanted to pass that along to you thank you for uh, for showing up and uh, making it a good day for the North End Church Food Bank that's awesome um, Kevin we are getting ready to maybe go early into phase two of COVID. There's nothing really new to update uh, people on except for the fact that our counts are down, but uh, our acting, gosh, I wish we'd get rid of that title or get rid of the, whatever. Uh, acting uh, medical health officer in Niagara, uh, Dr. Herji, has still he's still hanging on to this um, this uh, section 22 thing and it's it's causing some some angst but I don't want to I don't want to be too hard hard handed here because he honestly believes I know that he's acting in the best interest 
of Niagarans, except we are still the only, the only, the single municipality in the entire province that has uh, still some shutdown on top of the phase one opening. It's uh, crazy. Uh, on top of that, I'm trying to remember all the things that I should mention to you so that you know how our sponsors are uh, dealing with this. Here at Fiddler's Poor House, Dave McPerrion and his staff uh, are open from Monday through Thursday from 3 in the afternoon until 2 in the a.m. Fridays and Saturdays here at Fiddler's, they will be open. And of course, they've got that nice patio out back. Uh, not for indoor dining yet, although phase two might be closer than we think. But to open Fridays and Saturdays from noon until 2 a.m. All right, just wanted to mention, uh, mention that on behalf of Fiddlers. And uh, here. I uh, just want to throw up, may as well, we're talking a little COVID stuff. So here you go. Here are the current COVID statistics across yeah. Niagara. So new cases on June 17th, 11. Uh, 276 are active. Uh, new resolve cases are 27. That's good total number of cases in this whole darn thing. 16,000. Do you still, <laughs> Kevin, do you still not find that as a low number like for since March of 2020 that's that that's the total number of positive cases it, I don't uh, I guess seems we don't consistent with a pandemic but I don't know how many people get the flu on it I'm not trying to to relate I'm just talking as yeah, far as yeah I know don't go there I know <laughs> I'm not suggesting that it's just the flu no it's not the um, flu but yeah I don't know how many people would get sick out of 400,000 people in Niagara on an annual basis. So the numbers, no, they don't seem that low to me. 16,000 people all being infected with the same thing, to me, seems like a considerable number. I finally had to um, go to the go to the wall and uh, visit my stylist this week. Wow, that was a car? That was a car? Yeah, he's got a, a lot of Coke cans on that muffler. Sounded like a crotch rocket bike to me. I know, that's what it sounded like. No, that was a car. Anyway, I, I had to go I had to go to the to the hairdresser this week, so I went to Salon de Spouse. Oh, she did a good job. Yes, yeah, Salon Salon de Spouse. Not too bad. Not too bad. Now here, let me see. Are you willing to take off the uh, the hat? No. <laughs> well. Well, here, hold on. I want to see what it re what it reminded me of here. Not too bad. Well, oh, I got little hat head going, but no, she did fine. She did she did all right. Hold on, Lee. What do you? I'm a little behind, but see, it's hard when you when you wear hats. Just <laughs> here, here, your uh, your your hairline there kind of is reminiscent, at least to me, of this right here. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, Jim Carrey, my hero. All yeah, right, look at, look at that right there. There's a striking resemblance. All right, okay. I don't have I don't have those teeth though. I mine mine aren't quite that white. Uh, not too bad, but not that white. Um, all right. Uh, you guys... Uh, oh, coming up, by the way, I just to let you know what is coming up in the program. We're going to have Dave DiRocco joining us about uh, 20 minutes after the hour. So everything is our, our approximate timing here. Um, Dave DiRocco is president of the Port Weller Residents Association. And uh, if I were going to title the segment that we're going to be uh, bringing to you, it's Beaches, Beaches, Beaches. And that's pretty much what we're going to be chatting about. 
been in the news a lot. I don't ever remember hearing so much stuff about beaches. Boy, man, COVID has certainly increased the uh, awareness of what beaches we have around the area. That is for sure. Um, so he's coming up at about 1220. A little bit after one o'clock, Kevin Rempel is going to be joining us. He is uh, a, a former uh, Olympian um, and, um, and a world champion, Paralympian and a world champion in his chosen sport from St. Catharines. And there's just like a, a quick one sentence elevator description of uh, what he does. I help human resource professionals increase human capital, managing change and develop resilience. We'll find out uh, more about Kevin's initiatives and uh, his history and what's going on. And we will talk a little bit after one o'clock today. Yeah, and Lee, tomorrow in conjunction with the City of St. Catharines, he's the keynote speaker at a mental health session uh, designed and targeted for our youth. Okay. So uh, pretty interesting. I've been pretty open on this program that my mental health hasn't been 100% through this pandemic. Never experienced that before. And I can only imagine not just youth and their mental health, but also their ability to to um, to identify yeah. that, that they're struggling. I don't know if my kids would be able to identify at a young age that anything's different. No, it's just it's normal state for them, and and they might intrinsically or instinctively know that they're not comfortable, for some reason they don't they don't feel well, or they don't they don't feel. Uh, I know this is bad grammar, but you know what I mean. They don't feel like they're good, you know, uh, but they they can't they can't verbalize it. They can't identify it because they don't understand it. So they figure this is the new normal. Uh, and they don't even identify it that way. So there's a lot of a lot of stuff. I, I don't think there are too many people, Kevin, that have escaped some sort of period in time during this whole COVID thing where they haven't felt less than pleased with with themselves or with what's going on. Every now and then, I can't I can't describe it. I can't explain why. There's no real reason that I can put my proverbial finger on. But I'll uh, I'll wake up one day and I'll uh, take the dog out for the usual walk or have the usual breakfast or whatever it is. And for some reason, I just don't feel uh, eh too 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 well. I just I mean um, psychologically. Just, yeah, eh, you know, every now and then, and it, and it catches you by surprise. And then I think, well, I should be fine. I, I don't have any serious problems. My, my problems are first world problems. I'm not, I'm not starving in Ethiopia. My kids are okay. And I mean, what am I, what am I feeling down about? And I, then I feel guilty for feeling that way. Yeah, I, <laughs> you know what I mean? I've never been in less control of my emotions than I am right now. I'll yeah. tell you this, Lee. Uh, it's my birthday today, and I cried already today. Wow. And I cried in a, a depressed state. I, I don't know why. I'm just, I'm no longer in control, and I want, I, I want a way out. I don't know what that is, and I'm borderline seeking attention. So, okay. And I'm, and I'm not, trust me, I'm not, I'm not jumping off anything i'm not harming myself i'm not harming my family or anything like that this is within my own head but uh, i yeah. don't i don't know how to shake it so well um anyway, that's dr dr lee is uh, unfortunately not in the <laughs> office today but um there are people that are so um you know we always talk about it reach out yeah. maybe a uh, nice day at the beach would do me good lee if if only i get there early enough 
you have your pass. I applied for my pass this week. You did good for you. Yeah. 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 Ca. After after we talked after we talked last week, I thought, well, um, I don't go to Sunset Beach so much. Never did uh, when it was municipal or whatever. Uh, but uh, we hike on over to uh, Lakeview Park, uh, Lakeside Park sometimes. And so I thought, well, what the heck? It's free. I'll uh, I'll do the pass thing. And I wanted to see how it worked, and it was very, very smooth. Joining us on the program right now, speaking of beaches, uh, there's a smooth segue for you, Port Weller Dweller. Love the T-shirt. <laughs> David Duraco is uh, president of uh, the Port Weller Residents Association, and that's a pretty snappy-looking T-shirt you got there, bud. Oh, gosh, I can't hear him. Are you muted there, buddy? There we go. How's that? Got you now, Dave. Sorry about that. Yeah, hey, no. this has been a fundraiser for the association the last couple of years. And uh, just a uh, point of pride for Port Weller Dweller. Okay. So, um, Dave, there's been uh, probably more attention paid to your area over the last little while than there has been in the last 10 years all put together. It's just you guys have been under the spotlight a lot. Um, why are we here? Why are we talking to you? What's what what's going on? Well, there are genuine issues, um, primarily brought on by COVID the last two years. Uh, the beach has been one of the only places uh, during lockdowns where people felt they could gravitate towards and actually enjoy themselves on the shoreline. Uh, Residents right along the beach in Fort Weller West definitely have um, real concerns. There have been people relieving themselves on their lawns. People all across West Fort Weller have had, uh, you know, garbage tossed on their lawns, people changing in front of their lawns, uh, cars parked, blocking driveways. These are the real issues that um, you've heard the loud voices complaining about and concerns as well about safety on the beach. These are real issues and uh, it's the reason you're hearing about it. So what would you like to see happen? I know this past week St. Catharines City Council has put a, a temporary uh, limit on the number of people that can be on uh, Sunset Beach now where you guys are in Port Weller. Um, I don't know that we can legislate ourselves out of our problems, but nevertheless, that, that is the case right now where we have a, a, a short-term plan to limit the numbers on the beach. How is that going to work, do you know? Well, uh, it's going to work in a very ineffective manner. The Port Weller Residents Association doesn't support the capacity issue, and to be honest, um, we're not in full alignment uh, in the neighborhood. The, the people right along the beach are the most effective and they have valid complaints, but at the same time, shutting the beach down at seven o'clock on a bright, warm, hot Saturday afternoon um, because of some vague and arbitrary capacity number right. is not a good solution, right? Like even, there was a quote from one of the city um, members uh, in the paper the other day that said that they're determining capacity based on cars in the lot and then a view of the beach. 
which is kind of ridiculous because the beach is um, said to have parking for 150 cars, but it's not properly delineated. There's sand on a lot of the area, so there's never 150 cars in there. And if you potentially went by cars as a capacity number, and each car had one person, then you're saying the capacity is 150 people. Unreasonable, yeah. kind of ridiculous. It, it, it seems like with this, uh, when conversations about things like public beaches, not just public beaches, a lot of different things that involve how society comes together. I have to be perfectly honest, Dave, sometimes it seems to me like we get paralysis through analysis. You know, we're just we're just trying to micromanage everything. Should the city be involved in micromanaging beaches, or if they are, how should they be involved? What would uh, what would the residents' association? What would you? How would you people like to see this thing adjudicated? Well, that's a hard thing to find consensus on. I mean, there's there's people who question our uh, ability to represent the, the voices in Fort Weller. Yeah. We're, we're an elected volunteer board with over 250 years of residents in the neighborhood. So right. I feel we have a valid opinion on, on how the beach has been managed over the years. But, you know, the city wants, uh, and rightfully so, to generate some revenue to pay for cost of maintenance and upgrades. There is a vision plan for Sunset Beach that is taking a little time to enact. The washroom didn't get built this year because of COVID, although it's under construction. So there are positive things happening with the city's involvement, where we as a residents association, we align with the causes of <clears throat> and the concerns of the people who live along the beach. But south of that street are 135,000 residents of the city of St. Catharines who should have access to the beach. And to your point, micromanaging isn't going to help. Um, you're talking about behavioral issues from yeah. youth who have been locked down for 18 months. Right. Should they be fighting on the beach? No. Should they be drunk after hours? No. But should the beach be shut at 7 o'clock on a hot Saturday afternoon? No. Dave, there was a, there was a story that uh, I came across this past week, and it involved the fact that the police, uh, because there was a lot of comment from residents etc about uh, people drinking and driving or like public uh, inebriation and things of that nature and it was very interesting because the numbers that the Niagara Regional Police Service publicized or published did not support the fact that there was widespread alcohol abuse in the area as a matter of fact they laid very very few charges and these, these, these things seem to perhaps be isolated. Uh, am I wrong here, or, or, or is it more widespread than, than the numbers support? I was a little confused. Yeah, 450 cars went through the ride trap on Arthur Street. There was not uh, one impaired driving charge laid. There was one what? alert, uh, so there was a three-day suspension. That does not really seem to indicate if a beach is full of young, irresponsible, drunken people. No, it that doesn't. Other. So, but that that doesn't. I don't. Uh, I I've been going back and forth on social media already today from an earlier interview I did. Um, that people feel that we're not really seeing all the poor behavior. I've lived down here almost my whole life. Um, behaviors 
over the years in Poor Weller on the beach uh, have not always been great, but it's summertime. There's yeah. going to be noise. Uh, there's going to be rambunctious youth and people having fun. Uh, residents at no time should have to suffer abuse. But when it comes to I agree. complaining about loudness on the beach after 7 o'clock at night, I mean, come on, it's, it's June. This is the days yeah. of the longest months of the year. That's so, when uh, that's when people want to get out and have some fun and hoot and holler a little bit, and uh, you know that's uh, that's the way it is. One of the uh, one of the stories as well that was disturbing was the discovery of flattened tires along uh, a couple of the roads that uh, have parking access to the to the beach. Now, were the cars in question uh, parked legally or? Not that it justifies flattening somebody's tires, don't get me wrong, I'm not trying to find a justification for it. But uh, I was just wondering if there is an issue with regard to where legal parking is allowed or where it shouldn't be allowed. Do you understand where I'm going with it? Yeah, absolutely. And I, It was a small cul-de-sac where I guess some tires were deflated. Um, I'm not sure if they were parked illegally or blocking driveways or if it was just a response to somebody who didn't like cars on the street. Yeah. The city last year, after the chaos on Canada Day, um, changed parking in the neighborhood on one side of each of the seven streets that are immediately adjacent to the beach. I know I live on Grandview. I can no longer park in front of my house. I see the wisdom of that because when cars were parked last year, it would have been very difficult for emergency vehicles to get through in fact, in front of my own house, I saw two trucks with jet ski trailers kind of come uh, on onto my in front of my house, and neither of them could back up. The streets just don't allow it. Okay. Um, so they have addressed parking. The implementing paid parking in the beach area has certainly driven more cars out into the neighborhood. But that's a tag and tow issue. If, if they're parked illegally. It's really a parking enforcement issue. Right, you know, right. It happens. It happens around soccer fields. I know I play slow pitch and I go to Joe McCaffrey Park. Um, there's people out there tailgating after games. It's, it's, these are things that, are, are they appropriate? Uh, maybe not, but these and are that's things been, that And that's been going on forever. Yeah. <laughs> that's like that's like a beer in the hockey locker room after the game, you know? Yeah. I mean, it just happens. Um, a couple more things I want to check on uh, on on with you, Dave. Do you and your group, or just you personally, or whatever, feel that this um, this will ease once the COVID situation eases? Because it seems to me that we weren't having these discussions uh, in 2019. Well, last year, there was an influencer who wrote a wonderful article that Sunset Beach is uh, a Hawaiian-style tropical paradise with great shopping in the neighborhood. That <laughs> amplified the um, awareness of the beach the <laughs> for certain. And I, I even brought it up. There's another group in, uh, in, uh, on social media that are the Friends of the Beach. And they post a beautiful picture of the sunset every single night. So that amplifies the interest in the beach. I, I know as an association, I speak for them as president, but we do talk to formulate our opinions of the beach. I've lived down here 59 years, and my personal opinion is yes, it will go away. 
And you know what? It goes away if the temperature is under 70. It goes away if, the, if it rains. It goes away if it's not June, July, or August. Yeah. It's a temporary seasonal activity on the city's largest outdoor playground that is waterfront. And my concern and the residents' concern is that if you continue to complain, it's okay to have concerns and have the city address them, but if you continue to complain, you force the city to act. And one of the actions might be to charge people and I uh, personally believe that Waterfront and our parks, it would be the only park in the city where people would have to pay to access for going woods, yeah. short hills. Nobody Dave, I can't, I can't disagree with you there. We just get to the point where uh, people expect their municipal government to legislate uh, them out of all of their concerns. And that's just not efficient. That ju it's not sustainable. To, to do that, in my humble opinion. Now, I, I have another issue to bring up with you, and we're going to move away from the beaches for a second. Uh, and I am, I have to admit, right off the bat here, I am not totally informed as to the details of this issue. But I understand uh, in, in your area or with your association, uh, and I could be understanding completely wrong, so let me know if I'm way off base here, is the fact that, is, <laughs> is, is the fact that uh, there are some developments planned or there's an uh, apartment building or condos or, or, or something that is an issue in Port Weller. Could you, could you let me know if I'm off base here or if not, what's going on? No, you're accurate. Uh, on the east side of Port Weller, we are a community divided by the canal, but we do represent East Port Weller as well, which has its own unique set of challenges. Uh, there is a new subdivision development being built called the Bromley Subdivision. Uh, it is being uh, constructed at the tail end of Northrop Crescent, which if you're familiar with Happy Rolls, if you come in off yeah. Reed Road, yeah. you drive down past, I think it's Amber Staircase, into the neighborhood. Yeah. That has always been an access point, um, into the, a secondary access point, other than um, Broadway. So Broadway is the primary access into the neighborhood, and that seems to be a secondary access. The, the construction of the neighborhood, which could include 30 or more townhouses, as well as a five-story apartment building, which has been bandied about. The neighborhood is concerned about Northrop being temporarily shut, or the real issue is asking the construction uh, firm to only use that access because much like Westport Weller, the streets are narrow. There's a brand new park there with pickleball and, and tennis. To have all that heavy construction equipment plowing through that neighborhood would be so disruptive for the next two years. So on Monday, we're going to city council and we're just asking the city to enact a temporary bylaw to ask construction just to come in off Northrop. It would alleviate right. the crush in the neighborhood and the disruption and the safety. So, that's all right. The issue so, there. so, so it's not that it, it's not that it's one of those NIMBY things like not in my backyard. It's it, it's more it's more a procedural issue than it is a development issue. It really is. I mean, the NIMBY issue is uh, was more around Airbnbs and some other things, okay. which every community in this city has to deal with. All right. But well, this that is seems very specific. That's, it it seems safety. reasonable to try to uh, develop an area with as as little disruption as possible. Um, 
again, I'm, I'm not there, but it, it seems reasonable to me. Uh, you would think it should be a common sense de uh, decision by the city, and that you would think it would be an easy one to appease the right. fears and the safety concerns that well, David, uh, I hope in this case that uh, common sense is common. It not always is, no. but, <laughs> but hopefully in this case it is. Uh, anything else uh, while you have the floor here, uh, anything else that uh, you would like us to know about what's going on in Port Weller or some of the issues that are there in your area of Niagara? Because uh, I, I would hate to miss something that, uh, that we could chat about. No, I mean, it, it really is a unique area of this city, and it was a neglected area for years, like yeah. many cities with waterfront. Um, it was not always looked at as the prime real estate that it is now. You can look at Hamilton, you can look at other cities. Um, I know as a kid down here, I used to, we used to play ice hockey on my street because it was never plowed, sanded. Uh, so <laughs> with the awareness that's happened over the last couple years, we really believe that it's COVID driven. Yeah. Back three years ago, you couldn't even get on the beach because Lake Ontario water levels were such that three quarters of the beach were flooded. So, Well, I mean, uh, Port Weller used to be known as nothing more than the home of the dry docks and that was about it. Yeah, and uh, it is a unique neighborhood now. Yeah. For people who want to stay in touch with what's going on down here, we do uh, publish a monthly a digital newsletter called the Foghorn that tries okay. to present a balanced opinion about all the issues down here, including, uh, you might remember, we fought uh, piles of clinker dust that were on the pier a couple years ago. Yes, I, I do remember that, yeah. That was kind of the first uh, salvo and galvanized, uh, it's funny, that issue galvanized the neighborhood and they were truly supportive of the Residents Association and the role that we play. All right. Because of the divide along the beach, now we're sort of pariahs. Or I was going to say, you said this segment was all about beaches, beaches, beaches. <laughs> I was going to say it's a little about sons of beaches, but I didn't know. <laughs> well, yeah, I wanted to go. I wanted to go a little bit further than that. But, uh, you know, show business being what it is, it just sort of had a nice ring to it. Yeah, I think so. All right. Uh, David DiRocco, thank you very much. A great conversation uh, with a Port Weller dweller. And uh, hopefully, hopefully your summer starts to, uh, starts to mellow out a little bit and people can still have some fun and everybody enjoy themselves as, as this COVID thing starts to lessen. Anyway, thanks for taking the time out, David, and explaining this stuff to us. Uh, and by all means, anytime that you want to come back on the program uh, and give us an update about what's going on, don't wait for an invitation. Just uh, click in, okay? I, I love that. Thanks for the opportunity to chat with you today. All right. My pleasure. Thanks. Take care. Kevin, it always concerns me when, uh, and I guess uh, municipal people are trying to do what they do, staff's trying to do what they do at the direction of councils, etc. But it seems like there's such minutia involved that, that, that this merry-go-round can just continue and drive you nuts if you try to legislate every little activity. And I, I, I just think, and again, it's I, me, whatever. Uh, I, think, I think trying to legislate behavior in every little instance is ludicrous and it's a, it's a no-win situation. 
I'd agree with that. It's a no-win situation. Right now, I think St. Catharines painted themselves into a corner, and now they're painting themselves into a tighter corner. Instead of undoing a mistake that maybe they made, what they're trying to do now is to legislate us into uh, adhering to non-residents have to pay. Local residents have to get passes. Last year was pretty straightforward. If you lived in St. Catharines, you were allowed at the beach. If you didn't, you weren't. Yeah, but before that, before the whole COVID thing, you want to come to our beach? Come to our beach. Now, the same things are happening, uh, in, like Nickel Beach in uh, Port Colborne and uh, some, of the other, some of the other beaches in, uh, in Niagara are having, are having issues with accessibility and all that kind of stuff. So it's not just St. Catharines where we have beach issues. Yeah, it's, it's definitely not unique. And you look at Port Colburn and Fort Erie, they're all coming up with their own solutions. Yeah. A lot of it is paid parking. In many cases, um, you have to plan your trip in advance. And maybe that's just us becoming more and more of a bigger city where stuff like this is commonplace as much as we try and resist. That said, Lee, I will say that neither you or I understand all of the issues that municipalities are dealing with oh, of course not. when they put this into place. So as much as it's easy for you and I to say, ah, why don't you just make it for locals only like last summer? Yeah. Well, maybe there's uh, bigger issues at play there that, that weigh into the overall decision. Yeah. Or, or, or just put ropes around the whole thing and let everybody fight it out. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, <laughs> I'm in, kidding. Now, interesting to hear from, uh, from Dave. And by the way, I would take I, a, a front row seat on that. If that's what we did, put a ring around everybody, let them fight it out. Yeah, let them, let them go for it. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah, there. Yeah. I'm there for that. Lee. Yeah, St. Catharines UFC. So listen, um, I, uh, I learned a lot, actually, chatting with, with Dave. Um, and to be, to be fair, a number of these residents... Uh, associations can get fairly militant in their in their actions and their views I felt pretty good about the conversation with Dave because um, I was I, I, I was having a conversation with a very reasonable uh, well thought out uh, argument uh, for for their area and I was expecting when I brought up the condo development and, and those kinds of things I was expecting some sort of we don't want any of that here we don't want I expected almost a Niagara on the lake type debate which you get when it comes to anything over two or three stories in Niagara on the lake you have these you have these development debates but all it was was about construction equipment access that's pretty reasonable, I thought. I'll tell you this, Lee. As uh, In our company, we stream. We provide live streams. I don't think anybody in Niagara has sat through more council meetings than, than me personally in the last six years. Actually, if you ran for any one of the city councils in, uh, in the Niagara region, you'd probably serve them very well. You know more about this stuff than they do. And I will say that... <laughs> you the, do. Well, I do. And the process is quite open. And if you understand what the process is and you register to be a delegate and people wonder, what's that, a delegate? It just means that you're going to present and speak before city council and you can have your voice heard. Now, that doesn't mean that they're going to necessarily listen to you. But if you have an approach like Dave did, where you're reasonable, you're well thought out, you're not saying no to development. Let's just have responsible development. Yeah. And you listen as much as you speak. You can actually affect change. And they're not even objecting uh, to the development. No. All it is is access of equipment. And I, I guarantee That's you. That's fairly reasonable. I guarantee you when David goes before St. Catherine City Council they'll, with the same be, uh, reasoned approach, yeah. he'll, he'll likely get, get what they want. And a lot of times it takes right. that. It takes local residents to say, hey, this is what's going on in our, in our local in area. In a well thought out, reasonable presentation Absolutely. kind of way. 
Absolutely. Yeah, I so. was. Uh, I'm. Uh, I'm impressed, uh, and um, I'm not that easily impressed. I've never seen one council that wasn't moved by a reasonable delegate. Yeah, like because I can just imagine. I mean, sitting around, sitting around the the curve, saying, "Anybody have a problem with this?" <laughs> no, <laughs> probably not. Now, uh, the construction company, the developers, uh, who knows if they have some issue with not being able to have access or whatever, that's a whole, that's a whole procedural thing. Anyway, um, enough said on that. What I do want to do is take just a moment out here again to thank our sponsors. We've been so jammed with content here today. Uh, this is Niagara 411 Live with Lee Sterry. We are powered by WeStream, Kevin Jack uh, and uh, Brandon Scram, who uh, developed this company how many years ago now, Kev? 2015, so six Two, years strong. Six years, uh, six years strong. Uh, the highest tech streaming company in the country. We are fueled by Gales Gas Bars, and there you see them supporting uh, June as uh, National Pride month and we uh, appreciate the fact that Gales is our primary and title sponsor and fuels this program and has done since uh, since uh, day one of season two. Also we're going to be talking with Jessica Friesen sometime in the near future and, in, and it's entirely on her time frame and she is publishing uh, or has published a book she's just waiting for the artwork and the packaging and uh, and that uh, and it has to do with a very 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 dark and yet um, interesting period in in her life it deals with postpartum depression and here is a, a strong young business woman running a major company she's a CEO of Gales and uh, a number of years ago she went through uh, Kevin and I were talking about various stages of depression a little bit earlier and this is one that is often hidden uh, a lot of women don't want to admit to the fact that um, because they had this wonderful event being the birth of a child that they are suffering as a result of it uh, I don't think any woman feels comfortable confessing that but it's a very very common Thing. And uh, Jessica's book, I believe, is going to go a long, long way to help women feel healed uh, as, a, as a result of this. So when, when it's time, when the book is available and uh, have her out, we'll have her step outside her CEO role uh, at Gales and talk to us as, as a mom of now a 14-year-old boy who's a, just a great lad. Eddie is a, is a sweetheart and a great hockey player, Kevin great hockey player uh, anyway that's on the side hmm I miss hockey Lee yeah yeah um, well that's another thing that uh, this phase <laughs> two is going to help us out it's uh, going to maybe it. help it all out is there a summer hockey league you could play in I'm playing in all of them okay if there's one out there I'm <laughs> signing up for them all I miss it so bad all right so we'll get uh, we'll get Jessica on when uh, when she feels the time is right to uh, to promote the book we don't want to promote it before it's available uh, but that is a totally separate role from her supporting this program but we appreciate the fact that that is the case also to performance heating and air Carlo um, he uh, jokingly mentioned to Kevin a couple of weeks ago that he was gonna have to cancel his uh, sponsorship because he's way too busy <laughs> since advertising with Niagara 411 live anyway uh, performance heating is saving your family money 
because they have families too right here in Niagara. So they want you to be aware of that. Performance heating and air. You have any issues uh, in that area of your life, remember that uh, name. Enwick, Niagara's local high-speed internet provider. Uh, Larry Charche and, uh, and uh, the group for supporting us. Thank you very much. They service both rural and urban customers across the region. They're the region's largest rural provider. Oftentimes companies uh, like this and Enwick in particular might get um, sort of uh, fogged up, if you will, by the big guys like Shaw and Rogers and Bell and TELUS and all these, all these places. Well, this is a Niagara born and bred high-speed internet provider uh, that you should check out. They offer business services up to a gig per second, uh, a 100% unlimited service, no contracts, etc. So, um, and especially, and I know they do urban as well, but especially if you happen to be in a rural setting, sometimes we've experienced interviewing people here on the program that have, that have connections that might not be as uh, clean as they should be, um, and what can, uh, can help you with stuff like that, all right? Okay. Uh, and Virgin Insurance Group, home, auto, uh, whatever insurance needs you have, another Niagara born and bred industry. Mark Shirk, thank you for supporting this program as well. So those are our sponsors, and, uh, and that's it. And, and I want to thank WeStream for finally giving me complete and total control of my office down the street. That's uh, that was a nice addition. Good to see that today. Th that's awesome. Now I only have to pay rent to one person. It's great. Um, coming up a little bit later on the program, a little bit after one o'clock today, is Kevin Rimple. He is a Paralympic athlete and a world champion, has uh, quite an interesting story, and he is involved in other local um, things here that we talked about uh, earlier before, and there's the, there's the graphic there. He is uh, helping human resource professionals increase human capital. This is a guy that has a story to tell and can help inspire you and, and your people. Now he's also well. a world champion and a Paralympian. And once a world that. champion, once did a Paralympian. Did I not say that? You probably did. I th I did I'm I reiterating did. that. Yeah, I did. Yeah. <laughs> At the risk of repeating ourselves. Uh, and it's Kevin Jack's birthday, by the way. <laughs> Forgive him, he's, uh, you know... <laughs> Thinking of other things. Yeah. Uh, you know what, Lee? Well, you today, got a celebration? You doing anything later? Uh, yeah. I think uh, I'm going strawberry picking at uh, Brian Farms in Fenwick. And I love strawberry picking. It always coincides with this time of year. And okay. uh, not that I do it every year on my birthday, but All it right. always uh, gives me a big smile and a full belly. So Okay, good. Nothing. Because you were talking about being a little bit depressed. If there was anything that was going to depress me, it would be going strawberry picking. Really? Oh, yeah. I love it. I used, to, I, used to, I, used to pick, uh, I used to pick strawberries with my sister and when I was a kid. Uh, just in the field across from our house, uh, we grew up in sort of a semi-rural atmosphere in, in Black Creek. And they were wild, though. They were the, they were the little teeny-weeny ones uh, that grew like this far off the ground. And, oh, man, they were. So, so when I go into a supermarket and I see these great big things that look more like apples than strawberries I, I, I I'm sort of I'm sort of not I'm sort of not there but anyway that's me I'm not big I'm you know, not a, 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 I'm not a big fruit guy I'm not a big fruit guy I like grapes I like liquid grapes I like that a lot of people from across Niagara have that experience growing up I've talked to a lot yeah. of people over the last couple of weeks that said you know of your generation saying that yeah we, we grew up and we would go to this field or that field and we would pick wild strawberries 
Uh, I love the um, the strawberry warmed by the sun. Nothing beats oh, that. Oh yeah, yeah. Fresh off the vine. Maybe yeah. maybe I'll bring you in a quart or something, Lee. Bring it my, to the my wife would love that. There you go. Yeah. Uh, so where do you do your strawberry picking? We're going to Brian Farms in uh, in Fenwick on Foss. Oh yeah. Okay. That's cool. where we go every year. There's lots of places to go. All right. Um, Kevin, we wanted oh, to... Please, we'll be quiet here for a second. <laughs> All right, there we go. Well, this is what you get when uh, when you open up a little bit after COVID. This is this is the streetscape. This is uh, this is why we do this. It's nice. Hello. Hello. What are you guys doing in there? We get a lot of that. What's going on? No. Oh, three o'clock. Three o'clock, love. Okay. Yeah, three o'clock. All right. Bring three of your closest uh, family members. Bars all hours. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, something I know you wanted to get to today, and that is, I'll say an update, but I don't know if it was an update of sorts, of that terrible double homicide from the Airbnb during the lockout. It took us all by storm. Kevin, it is your talent that you read my mind as well, uh, because that's exactly where I wanted to go to next. Um, the two young ladies that were murdered at a short-term rental in Fort Erie. The investigation is still going on. The NRPS received a 911 call, of course, regarding a disturbance at that residence in the town. Upon arrival, they discovered 20-year-old Juliana Panunzio of Windsor, 18-year-old Christine Crooks of Toronto, inside that residence with obvious signs of trauma. They were shot, actually. Um, so there are a couple of things going on. They are asking for any assistance that you might be able to bring to bear, i.e. any sort of videos now out there in the Niagara Parkway where that took place. I don't think there were an awful lot of security cameras or, uh, or, or surveillance type things going on. And there is a reward of up to $50,000 for information leading to the arrest and conviction of the person or persons responsible for those murders. There's the contact right there. And you can also, as per usual, contact Crime Stoppers. And that is a total anonymous vehicle through which you can offer information on any crime that you might be aware of uh, in any connection whatsoever. Uh, I'm pretty familiar with Crime Stoppers, having been involved with them in many communities across the country, and they are legitimate and it does work, and your confidentiality is assured. Now here's a piece of the video uh, with regard to that case. My name is Steve Magistrali, and I'm the Staff Sergeant in charge of the Major Crime Unit for the Niagara Regional Police Service. A team of detectives continue to investigate the murders of 20-year-old Juliana Panunzio of Windsor and 18-year-old Christine Crooks of Toronto. This investigation started on January 19, 2021, with a phone call to 911 at 4.17 a.m. The caller reported possible shots being fired at a residence in the town of Fort Erie. Upon arrival, all the occupants appeared to have left. However, uniformed officers discovered the bodies of Juliana and Christine inside with obvious signs of trauma. An autopsy would later confirm that both girls died at the scene as a result of gunshot wounds. Investigators know that a group of individuals from outside the Niagara region attended this residence for a planned gathering. Events occurred inside that ultimately led to the deaths of Juliana and Christine. With the assistance of our Police Services Board, 
the Niagara Regional Police Service is now in a position to offer a cash reward of up to $50,000 to anyone with information leading to the arrest and conviction of the person or persons responsible. The Crooks and Panunzio families are grieving the loss of their loved ones and looking to police for answers. Who did this and why did it happen? We know there are people out there who can help us answer these questions. We know that there are people who were at the residence that night that can provide information to investigators to help us identify the person or persons responsible for these murders. This public appeal, now with a financial incentive, is for those people to come forward, do the right thing, provide information to investigators, help us solve this heinous crime, and help us bring closure to two grieving families. All right. Juliana Panunzio. Our Juliana had a beautiful soul. She was taken from us four months ago on January 19th, 2021. That's her she family. She was murdered. Someone decided to take her life. And in turn, we lost a daughter, a sister, a granddaughter, a niece, a cousin, and a dear, fiercely loyal friend. A piece of us will forever be missing. It's an emptiness I hope you will never know. And we ask ourselves, why? Why? How can this be? And how can our fiery little girl be gone? Who has taken her from us? Who has ripped a hole in our heart so big it hurts? Who? Juliana was like a, like a permanently lit candle. Like just fiery, like always had the light inside her. She was funny and silly and goofy. <laughs> She liked to dance. She was loved. We know somebody knew something at that party, saw what happened. Please come forward. We could really use some closure. Sad. Okay. Um, so, yes. As, as you hear on all of those crime dramas, it is true. Somebody knows something. If you're that somebody, man up. It's a shame. There's, there's people that were at that party that know exactly who's responsible. Absolutely. And they're keeping their mouth shut. Absolutely. And it's a shame. Yeah. Kevin, do we have somebody in the green room? Uh, no, we don't. We don't? So we're waiting. Uh, Kevin should be coming in about 10 minutes time. Okay. Um, boy. It's, it's... But uh, I'll reiterate, Lee, that anybody's welcome to join the show at any time. Yeah. The, uh, the Zoom link is right there, and if you've got something to talk about, if you've got an issue, uh, if you want to talk about the show or you just want to say hi, by all means, we are live Thursdays, noon to 1.30, and any time in that window, uh, you're welcome to come on the program and just talk about what, what issues are affecting you. Yeah, and I want to, not to put too fine a point on it, but, um, and yeah, we do reach out to to folks to have a conversation um, like we did with Dave DiRocco and uh, like we did with Kevin Remble who's coming up but these are um, these are sort of isolated uh, times because we think these are things that generally deserve to be talked about in your in your community I mean keeping in mind there are 12 municipalities in Niagara and just because we're sitting in the window of a St. Catherine's eatery on St. Paul Street doesn't mean that we are uh, just intrinsically St. Catherine's 
focused. We really are, uh, here's an overused word these days, uh, inclusive wherever possible for, uh, for Niagara. Um, the Fort Erie issues, the Wayfleet issues, the Port Colburn issues, the Grimsby issues, and man, Kevin, uh, by the way, speaking of that, uh, so my point was, before I, before I go there, my point was, if you are from anywhere in Niagara and have something to say or something to inform us about or clear up, because there can be many misconceptions about what you see and hear or read in the news or, or whatever, uh, we, can, we can be your sounding board and your clearinghouse for those kinds of, uh, those kinds of things. Uh, when I hit on Grimsby, it reminded me, Kevin, when we did, uh, when we did the Grimsby on the Lake piece and uh, we posted a snippet and that's what we're going to do uh, going forward on Niagara 411. By the way, thank you Nick as always for your support and, the, and, and Nick's mom, uh, we wouldn't be here without you so thank you very much um, and, uh, and also but wh where I was going with this is, is the fact that um, we need whatever information we can from you but the Grimsby thing was really interesting because when Kevin uh, put that graphic up on the screen uh, a couple of weeks ago and it was it was that nice little rainbow sign over a, a section of the Grimsby business area and it was Grimsby on the lake Kevin and I thought is that a real thing uh, and apparently it is Grimsby on the lake is a real thing Nag we're on the lake do you have an issue with that I don't know, um, but the, we got my. The other point here is the fact that we got a lot of comments about that, Kevin. Uh, it was quite so. What we're going to be doing uh, every week now is putting uh, smaller segments of the program. We realize hanging around for ninety minutes a week is sometimes not that easy uh, to do. So there it is. So. Uh, We'll be putting smaller segments of the program up over the course of the week so that you can kind of watch the program in, uh, in bits and bytes if you like. We love to have you here live when we do it on Thursdays. Uh, but if you don't catch it live, then, uh, then of course you can go back and see some of these pieces we put up. But there is, uh, and there was a lot of comment about that. Some positive, some negative. Um, I, I'm not sure that I'm really a fan of those great big condo things that you see from uh, the Queen Elizabeth Highway that block the view of the lake. I don't know. It's, I, I, I don't know. I, I, frankly, I, I think the architect could have been more creative. I, I think. I, I'm all for developers Me too. giving them sexy names that are going to be attractive, but I think they overstepped the bounds, calling it Grimsby on the lake. They're obviously trying to draw attention and uh, to Niagara on the Lake and draw some sort of parallel. Niagara on the Lake, steeped in heritage. Grimsby on the Lake, a bunch of condos and townhouses. Yeah, I don't, I don't like, know. But hey, kudos to them. They, they came up with a very sexy and desirable name, and now anybody that lives there can tell people that they live in Grimsby on the Lake. And isn't that isn't that what you want to tell people? Oh, we're moving. Where are you moving to? Are you moving to Grimsby? Oh, no, no. I'm, I'm moving to Grimsby, Grimsby on, the on the Lake. Grimsby on the Lake. Oh. Oh. All right then, okay. Isn't that the place where they limit construction to 30 stories? <laughs> <laughs> Until the next one. Mm. Um, Lee, while we're waiting for Kevin here, yeah. uh, we got a couple of... Um, sorry, we do have somebody coming in the green room, so we'll get to that in a second. Uh, while they're setting up, uh, a couple of good news stories came through Nick and Niagara 411. Yeah, for sure. 
Uh, do you want to touch on the uh, the water balloon fight or the... Um, Pick one. Uh, let's start with the uh, the water balloon. Pick one. I'm good. Yeah, so this uh, this lady shows out, uh, shows out, shows up to Maple Park in Welland and handed out, as you can see there on the post, handed out what seemed to be an endless supply of water balloons. Now, this takes time to do. <laughs> Uh, but she handed out this large supply of water balloons to all the kids in the park. And of course, boom, 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 the kids would have a blast with that. But then hung around and cleaned up every little bit of balloon that was left behind uh, so that there was no muss, no fuss, uh, no environmental impact or anything like that, no litter, and uh, a little bit of kindness that went uh, very long way and what a great thing for the kids to experience seeing somebody just pop up and and do that uh, and their parents will probably remind them of that They're, remember that beautiful lady that came and gave you the water balloons yeah you should be you should be that person anything beat a water balloon fight in in the dead of summer that's oh. the best oh yeah it's absolutely the best yeah a good water fight do people run through sprinklers anymore kevin did you do oh, that? absolutely yeah kids still do that i did that as a kid my kids are doing it just the other week we never uh we, we never had a pool um even though I, I grew up through an era where a lot of people might have had pools we didn't but uh, we had the uh we had the sprinkler and that was it we'd yeah. have the kids over uh, in the neighborhood and run back and forth and that was about it now, Lee, uh, I just want to put out a message there to uh, Kevin Remble, our scheduled guest. I see you in the green room, and we'll get to you in just a second, but we've had somebody just click in. We always encourage people to join the program to talk about whatever's on their minds. So, uh, Lee, without further ado. Uh, Jim? Can you hear me? Are you muted? No, I can't hear you at all, Jim. Can't hear you, lad. Just pick, picking the audio source there. Looks like he's got a sophisticated setup. Yeah. Jim? We we got your picture. I can see your lovely face and your nice hat. We share our love of hats, but I don't hear you. You know what? Um, why don't we do this? I'll just bump uh, I'll bump Jim back into the green room, and we'll yep. get Kevin in here, and uh, Jim, stick around, because when, uh, when we're wrapped up with, uh, with Kevin, we'd love to hear from anybody. We always encourage okay. people to... Uh, yeah, sorry about that, mate. Uh, just see if your audio's all uh, clicked in there. Uh, Kevin Rempel uh, is a Paralympic athlete and a world champion. He is from St. Catharines, and he is, I'm assuming, going to join us momentarily. There he is. Kevin, let's see if we can hear you. Yes, I'm here. We got How you. How are you today, Lee? Uh, I'm good. How are you doing, man? Good, thank you. Yeah, excellent, excellent. Uh, so, look at you with that great big KR shirt. You got your own branding and everything going there. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's my full-time gig, so I should at least. I think that I should have something <laughs> at least to make it pop. Uh, Kevin, for those people that might be un unfamiliar with your story, could you wind back the clock a little bit for us and um, and fill us in on a little bit of the chronology of uh, why we're talking to you today? Sure, yeah, the Coles Notes, uh, without giving everything away, is just, I'm a local Niagara native, uh, 
born and raised. I am known as a Paralympian in sledge hockey. But if you see me walking around today, first question is why are you walking and playing in the Paralympics? And the reason for that is I was uh, paralyzed when I was 23 years old on my dirt bike. I uh, had to learn how to walk again. And uh, that led me down the path of Paralympic sport, uh, finding sledge hockey. And on top of that, um, my father was paralyzed in a hunting accident, uh, wow. fell from a tree and uh, ended up passing away five years afterwards um, by taking his own life. And so from the life events I had, uh, I got just asked to do a talk once just for a fundraising event. And then I got asked to do it again. And that threw me into a speaking career. And uh, post-sport, I wanted to continue to share my lessons. And COVID created this uh, workshop called the Resilience Toolbox. And so tomorrow when we get together with the youth, uh, what I'll be doing is not only sharing my story in greater detail to offer some hope and inspiration, but also share the, the mindset shifts, the tools, the tips, tricks, and strategies to help you make these mental shifts as quickly as possible, learning from the experiences that I've gone through. That's uh, an, an amazing story. So you were um, you were paralyzed, what, from the waist down or? Yeah, no feeling moving from the waist down, just about your bottom rib from that point. And now, and how long ago was it that, uh, that your dad passed away? So dad passed away in 2007. He, he was injured in uh, 2002, passed away in 07. I was in, injured in 06. So it's been about almost 20 years since everything started to really kind of go sideways and both almost 14, 15 years since my accident. What what an amazing trauma for a family to to go through. Um, so, and I'm, I'm assuming that your father's situation was a huge catalyst for you to try to reach out and and help others deal with some of these things. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when we get together tomorrow with the youth, uh, what they'll hear and anyone who can hear me speak, like I do a lot of work with corporate as well. And uh, my story revolves so much more around the life lessons I learned through paralysis with my dad, through my injury, um, like sledge hockey and Team Canada Paralympics have helped put me on the map. But when we think about what's the really relatable stuff? It's like, what, what's all the life lessons that it took to get there? And so a lot of the drive that I have in my life has stemmed from seeing my dad go through his challenges, like waiting to live his life. I knew I didn't want to wait to live my life. Yeah. Um, he got injured at like the age of 52. You know, um, I, I don't want to give too much away, but my dad really struggled with a victim mentality about his situation, that life wasn't fair. And we all know life isn't fair, but we got to be able to take control of that. So, you know, that really helped influence me in a positive way through the okay. difficult times. And that's what uh, we're going to be speaking about tomorrow. And of course, and of course, then he had to uh, experience his son going through that trauma as well. That's tough. So uh, tell us about tomorrow, Kevin. Uh, is there still room uh, and ways to get involved for people that want to experience your your presentation? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I don't think there's a limit that I'm aware of on the attendance. We are super excited to be delivering a great session tomorrow. Uh, it's going to kick off at uh, 6 p.m. I'm going to be delivering my keynote followed by a small workshop okay. um, with uh, Sean from Pathstone um, Support in Niagara. And uh, we'll be talking about habits uh, building on the keynote session. So if you haven't signed up yet, please do. 
Uh, I don't have the link handy. In fact, do you have the link? We handy have it there? on the. We have. We, uh, uh, we actually have it on the screen, Kevin. Uh, you can't see what we see or what we're posting to our viewers, but uh, all of the links are on the screen right now on this show for people to uh, to click into. So that's cool. Fantastic. Yeah. So if you haven't signed up or if you have children um, that you know can benefit from this or some neighbors, like please register, please pass this on, let them know because we're going to have a high energy, a lot of fun um, and highly interactive session as well together. and provide, like I said, the tools, tips, and strategies to help maintain um, their mental resilience and improve well-being. And you do this uh, from the comfort of your own computer screen as well. It's a absolutely no effort required. <laughs> yeah, it, it's been, a, it's been uh, I mean, I, the craziest thing during COVID for me was delivering a, a corporate session for about 230 people over the telephone like a telephone call. That was, that was the wildest one I've ever done. But, That's you know, cool. if you can't tell, I got a lot of energy. And even if it's going to be a Friday night, looking to bring it over on Zoom and uh, look forward to seeing everybody there. That's often Kev, uh, awesome. Uh, Kevin Rempel, thank you so much. Uh, you are an inspiration just, just having the conversation with you. And uh, in, these, uh, in these days when these messages are almost more important than they've ever been, um, thank you for what you do and good luck tomorrow with the, with the seminar and the presentation. Hope it's, I hope it goes great for you. Awesome. Thank you so much, Lee. Really appreciate it. And uh, talk to you guys later. All right, man. Thanks, Kevin. What a, we meet some amazing people on this program. Uh, to my other Kevin, uh, it was kind of interesting this week. We had one Kevin talking to this Kevin about setting up an interview with another Kevin. We had like a, we had like a triumvirate Kevin thing going. Yeah, I had to uh, reply to an email that I was writing to two other Kevins. So I wrote the email and then summarized and said, okay, to summarize, <laughs> Kevin's asking Kevin to loop Kevin into this email so that Kevin can be on Kevin's show, Kevin, 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 Kevin. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you managed to get it sorted out because we ended up talking to the right Kevin. Yeah. And boy, what a story he has to tell. Oh my gosh. When you, when you think about it, we all have lives that have speed bumps. Uh, some, ha some have mountains to climb. Telling you. World champion, that's a story. Paralympics, yeah. that's a story. Yeah. Paralyzed, that's a story. Father also paralyzed. Father takes his own life. Um, you live through all that. You persevere through all that, and then you rise above it. And, and now, we're, and then, and we end up talking to this positive, smiling, well-adjusted uh, um, uh, professional. And we go like, oh man, the the resilience. And you that know what, is, Lee? That is Everybody that we've talked to on this program is either from Niagara or has a direct tie to Niagara, and it's amazing, you know. As we do week after week, show after show, we meet more and more incredible people yeah. from Niagara doing incredible things. Did we get Jim back? Yeah, we did. So let's see uh, Let's see if we can work out the bugs on this one. All right. James? Yeah, let's test me first. Can you guys hear me? We have you, my friend. We have you. You know what happened, and I should have learned this by now. Whenever my daughter comes up, stairs for one of her guides meetings yeah an adjustment on the yeti microphone and everything goes to heck well it's a it's a it's a pleasure for you to to click in it's a it's a nice surprise for me just in in the interest of full disclosure i didn't know whether jim was going to be clicking in today or not um he kind of said he might come on uh, but uh, Jim Ducharme is a gentleman, and I mean that in the truest sense of the word, that uh, I met how long ago, Jim? When did I first, because, oh, 
Early, uh, grew up, early, right? early 90s? I, yeah, it, it had minute. to be because I graduated in, or I was in Brockville in 84. Yeah. And All right. That meant that I spent six years trying to get out of there. <laughs> so, um, so Jim is, a, is an IT guy. You might call him a techno weenie from what I remember, but we have not been connected in many, many, many years. And I'm glad that you found me uh, and decided to, to click, into the, click into the program. Um, and we could go on talking forever uh, about uh, common broadcast experiences and people and all that stuff. But um, one of the, as I've said before, and sorry to keep you uh, listening to me instead of talking, but one of the things I've said about Facebook and other social media for a long time now is anything can be used for good or evil. And f one of the good things about Facebook is, or other social media platforms, is it can reunite you with someone that you felt you might have lost along the way. And such is the case with you and I, because we managed to connect on uh, Facebook, uh, oh, I don't know, maybe about a year ago. And you brought me up to speed with what's going on in your life. And um, you got a lot going on in your life. And uh, you've got, you got a couple of things going on that you wanted to share with us today. And um, I'm going to let you jump in and sort of take over wherever you want to start. Do you, do you want me to start the story from where Santa should have just shown up and then left? And that's uh, not how it works? No, I've only got till 1.30. <laughs> I, people are going to hate me for this because I, 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 I won't be able to give you the name uh, of this cancer it's it's blasto is part of its name so you know it's already bad geoblastoma yeah so uh, it's the what? it's the it's the gord downey cancer gord downey and the drummer from um, rush um and i got the news in a darkened hospital room with this beautiful um, uh, nurse practitioner who, who had these lovely brown deep eyes that kept it was like watching someone fill a well because they keep watering up and she said you know there's nothing you could have done to put this in there this is an extremely rare kind of situation and I confirmed that it was Gordowney's situation yeah. and she said yeah and I said so when God decided he wanted me gone he decided to send the best freaking thing he had and she said, well, I wouldn't call it the best, Jim, but this is the meanest, most voracious tumor on the planet. And it, it will just, what it does is it eats and grows. And she said, we took a chunk. It looks like it's about the size of a grapefruit. And, and we took a, three quarters of it out last night. So, and how long you know, ago was that? That's, I don't know if you can see the scar there, but it's yep. That was Boxing Day, and they found me. Boxing this this past Boxing Day. They found me on Christmas Eve, and Rowan was going to be with me for Christmas. And that's your daughter. Uh, yeah, my daughter. She's twelve, um, and my wife came over, knocked on the door, no answer. She kept knocking on the door, no answer, and finally they got the cops in the house, and. Um, you know, because my, they, they couldn't take permission from my wife because we're divorced. Um, and she wouldn't do that because she respects 
you know, the, the limits. So to make the long story short, I had no idea any of this was going on, but they got me down to, um, um, and you're going to love this because for five years, this man tried to kill me at work. Um, I ended up down at Princess Margaret, Gary Slate's um, hospital. Yeah. Um, and um, so they got me in there and they got me into the to, to surgery um, on Boxing Day. And they told my friend that had she not, had they not got me in there then, I was done. Because this thing had been, this thing takes about a year to kill you. That's what it does. It just. Hmm. So what are you, uh, I know these are, you've had pretty good humor um, through this, which is difficult. Um, but what, I guess I'll, I'll just ask you flat out, what's the prognosis, uh, Jim? This geoblastoma that we have heard a lot about, mainly since mainly since Gord Downey, but it is not exclusive to him uh, by any stretch. Um, what's the deal? What's going on? Is is there any hope? Are you are you done? What's you know? I mean, it's wonderful for that girl named Night Nightbird or Nightbird or whatever it is on the same show on TV to talk about. You know, I have a 2% chance, but it's it's 2%. It's not zero, right? And if that gives her the courage to fight, then God bless her. I'll, I'll, I'll go through any door with her. Um, but for me, um, I may have six months. I may have a year. I may have two years. Gord got 18 months. Okay. And I watched I watched him. And I watched him on the last concert, and I'm, I'm sure you noticed, but you're a music person. He was on the edge on that last concert. There were some notes that he just couldn't hit anymore because his voice was so overworked from the tour that it couldn't deal with it. And when I first came out of the hospital, there were things I couldn't do. I couldn't walk really well, um, and, um, and I lost my voice, my singing voice. I do a really good blues voice, and Joe Cocker's one of my best. Yeah. It took months for my radio voice to come back, my singing voice to come back. Um, you know, you, the worst part of it is because of the staffing at these hospitals, they have wonderful doctors that are just experts, but they don't have more than 15 minutes for, for you know, for a checkup with them. Yeah. And you got cancer and you got so many different questions and they're telling you no cancer can't affect the legs cancer can't affect your appetite and what do you say i mean you know it's not like having an argument with your parents where you turn to them and say you know screw this i'm going to play baseball <laughs> or now um jim you as you mentioned, you've got a 12-year-old daughter, you're a divorced dad, uh, so that makes you a single dad, as well as a cancer sufferer, etc. These are a lot of plates to keep, to keep spinning. How, how, does your, how does your girl, how, how does Rowan deal with this? Rowan is a huge Harry Potter fan. If, okay. you, if you go to my website, you'll see the header there. It was drawn for her and me as by one of the top Marvel comic book artist as a, he wanted to say thanks for some things when he found out I was sick. Um, 
she's okay. She needs to, we need to have the discussion. She knows daddy's sick. She doesn't know daddy's gonna die. And my daughter, she asked me to make one promise to her. Just one. About a year ago. Mm -hmm. And that was to be at her wedding. To be at her wedding? All right. I'm gonna break that promise. And it, well, maybe, maybe not, Jim. Maybe not. I mean, I was gonna swear there, but hang, <laughs> hang on to that vision, my friend. Listen, um, it took it took a lot of strength and courage for you to join us today. Um, and again, it's a blessing that we were reunited. Uh, we'll talk more at some point. And you always know where to find me. All right. Well, I I do, and I have plans for. Yeah, see what happens this summer. Although right. you'll be golfing on the damn beach, so I'll never be able to hold you. <laughs> All right, man. Jim, thank you. Great. Jim, Jim Ducharme, sufferer of uh, geoblastoma tumor cancer in his uh, brain, as well as a single dad, a divorced uh, man, and uh, the stories—the uh, stories just uh, keep on coming. Now, Lee, he mentioned there the uh, the Nightbird. Did yes. you happen to see Nightbird? I did. It, I it, did. Um, I, I'll play some of it here. I mean, it just it literally drove me to tears. I did see Nightbird on America's Got Talent, um, the Howie Mandel and uh, what's his name thing. She is uh, brilliant, and she and she started out by they said, "How are you now?" Oh, I'm fine. But. And, and the deal is she has a 2% chance of living beyond. I'm not sure what yes. the date was. And, and an attitude. Uh, and this is, the, this is the young lady that uh, Jim Ducharme we just spoke with was talking about. An original song, too. I mean, it, it did. It brought me to tears. I moved to California in the summertime. I changed my name thinking that it would change my mind. They would stay behind I was a stick of dynamite And it just was a matter of time Yeah comment that she made uh, after that performance when Cowell and uh, Howie Mandel were speaking with her that uh, and I, I, I'm not going to try to quote it because I'll I'll fracture it uh, but we can I don't feel right fast forwarding through this it's, no it's so emotional this no song. let her go
And that, that moment of silence afterward was like so impactful when she did that. I mean, every once in a while, you know, out of these shows come moments. Absolutely. Be it American Idol, Got Talent, The Voice, what When somebody happened. like Stephen Cowell has that gopher in the headlights look. What an amazing young woman. You know, uh, it's funny because singers come on and, and, I, and I think about authenticity. You know, when you feel it, when it moves you, that felt like the most authentic thing I have heard this season. That was surprising to you. It was powerful, it was heartfelt, and I think you're amazing. You gave me chills. I mean, your voice is so beautiful to listen to. It was beautiful all the way around. Your voice is stunning. Mm -hmm. It is. Absolutely stunning. And I, I totally agree with what Howie said, you know, about authenticity. There was something about that song after the way you just almost casually told us what you're going through. And, you, know. you can't wait until life isn't hard anymore before you decide to be happy. That's the one. There you go, Kevin. Take that with you for the weekend. You can't wait till life isn't hard anymore to decide to be happy. And uh, that's a young woman that is experiencing... Uh, something very similar to the man we talked with before um, a long long time broadcast associate of mine that I had not seen in decades and we excuse me we reconnected through Facebook and then I find out he is also terminal from a from a heartless brutal disease called uh, geoblastoma and Divorce, a single dad, 12-year-old daughter that is not 100% sure uh, about her dad's diagnosis. I mean, this is a lot to carry every day. Uh, so, Jim, thank you for sharing your story. Thank you for mentioning Nightbird because it, it, uh, it gave us some context in the fact that not everybody is standing on a stage like that uh, and able to share their story. There are a lot of people that are... Um, suffering these things in isolation or with a very small circle of friends that need people to reach out to them uh, and, um, and and if you're in that situation reach out to somebody reach out to somebody for me it reiterated Lee um, <clears throat> how people touch other people and how yeah. your efforts are not lost and here is this girl I think she mentioned from California yeah. If I'm correct, and um, and Jim is you know half a continent away, and he's moved and inspired by what she did. Yeah. So yeah. you know your your efforts are never lost. Those experiences that people share are not good ones always, uh, either. Now, uh, yeah. So I was just going to uh, let you know that to wrap up the program today, it's a new song by I believe he would call himself a Lincoln resident, Ryan Lunn. Uh, Ryan Lunn, uh, former, I think, uh, Songwriter of the Year with the Niagara Music Awards. Yeah. And he recently put out a video um, called Down to Myself 215 Indigenous Awareness Video. So uh, it speaks as to what it's about. It's very current. It's very of the day okay. and has a lot of images in the video as well showing us um, indigenous life I in Canada. And the name again? It's uh, Down to Myself by Ryan Lunn.
All right. Um, thank you, Dave DeRocco, for being on the program. Kevin Rempel for being on the program. Uh, Jim Ducharme, um, always. Uh, sorry I smacked the microphone. Very unprofessional of me. <laughs> Uh, but thank you to you folks for being here. Uh, Gail's Gas Bars Limited, thank you for fueling this program and supporting us as always, Performance Heating and Air, Anwick, uh, Niagara's High Speed Internet Service, and the Verge Insurance Group. And as always, uh, birthday boy Kevin Jack, our executive producer, uh, and uh, makes, uh, makes me look and sound better than I deserve. But Kevin, it's always a pleasure working with you. I hope you have a fabulous birthday. And my friend, uh, I hope you have a spectacular, uh, notable year. And um, we'll look back on this and say, man, what a, what a trip that was. Uh, everybody, enjoy our, uh, our music uh, to play us off the stage today. We'll catch you for episode 25 in a week. Good weekend to you. Stranger in life